the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is Eye on Real Estate, your premier source for real estate information. From the heart of New York City and the tri-state area to the most active real estate hotspots across America. Keeping you plugged in to the latest real estate market trends. From mortgage news and legal developments to everything you need to know about buying or selling a property. Benefited by the advice of the experts. Now, here's the host of Eye on Real Estate, the vice chair of Douglas Elliman, Dottie Herman. We're back, and I'm with somebody that, Stephen Moranis, who I know all my life. I uh, can list probably a page of accolades. You know, he's a writer, he's a real estate expert, but in my book, he's probably one of the leading experts in real estate that I know. He's a brilliant guy, and he's a great friend, and very knowledgeable. So, Stephen... First of all, good morning, good afternoon. It's great to speak to you. We've been friends forever. And gosh, you spent so much time in New York at one time. You know, you've got to come back. Okay. Um, I'm going to try to come back, Dottie. It's great to uh, be on your show, and I appreciate all your kind words. Uh, Thank you so much. But Stephen is a, you know, seasoned real estate. I mean, he's been in real estate. His family's been in real estate. It's He's had a family business since he was born, so he's uh, grown up in it. And he writes, and he for papers, he's a broadcaster. Steven, everything, you know, we're talking about real estate all over, and I always tell people you've got to look in your local market. And so, what? Uh, just for, for a starter, if you had to look at what's different or what, what, what are, you know, you, you, I know you know that there's no supply in the U.S. There's very little supply of real estate. How's that in Canada? It's the exact same thing. Uh, the supply is very low. There's, you know, because of regulations and, and zoning approvals and, 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 you know, getting permits and, you know, there's a lot, there's three levels of government here that kind of stall a project to get to fruition, which is local, municipal, or provincial, which is like state for you, and, and federal. So, you know, there's all these things happening. The biggest challenge is increasing the supply, and the government are going through a lot of optics. And, you know, the latest thing I want to talk about is going to affect higher education throughout North America on a new policy that the federal liberal government just came out with in Canada this week, they're putting a very draconian um, international student cap on international on on student permits uh, for, for students to come into Canada. So, you know, probably, you know, slow down. So they are limiting how many students outside of Canada international students can come there? Yeah, there's a two-year national cap on the intake of international students into Canada um, at 364,000, 
which is a decrease of 35% from 2023. So it's gone from 560 plus thousand in 23, and they've capped it at 364. Let's face it, a lot of the demand for young, bright, the youngest and brightest to study, uh, whether it's in trade schools, in, in community colleges or colleges or universities in the U.S. and Canada, is because of all the geopolitical stuff that's going out, you know, on around the world. And they want to go to places that they feel would be better for them to, you know, start, start a new life, you know, for them and hopefully their family. And um, this thing is going to this thing is going to cascade into so many problems. It's unbelievable. And how our federal government has ignored this is just un you know, it's just unfathomable. And, um, you know, one thing I just want to say, you are fortunate in the United States. Many of your top institutions are private. So they've got huge endowments. You know, they've got lots of money, right. Harvard, M- MIT. All our universities in Canada are public, so they oh, get really? funding. So yep, there's, no, there's, no pri- private, there's no private. No, there's some private high schools, like prep schools, uh, throughout Canada. There's definitely, but they're sort of under, you know, provincial jurisdiction, and they're, you know, w- w- but most uh, all the universities are provincially regulated and o- overseen by um, in a public in a public way. Can I ask you a question? Can I ask you a question about that? Would it be like, because sometimes I think that in the U.S., like if, other than if you win a scholarship or you're something, you're great in sports, some of the higher institutions, people in the U.S. are just locked out of, they don't have the money to afford them. So it sounds to me, maybe I'm wrong, it's kind of a little bit more socialistic. Let's put it that way. Well, I hope we're not going too socialistic or too far left in Canada. Unfortunately, it seems like we are. It seems like here, too. (laughs) Well, you know, I don't want, I try to be pretty apolitical. You know, let's just have, you know, leaders who are more centrist and help people on both sides of the, of the, of the, uh, the table. But just the average domestic student tuition in Canada. Last year was $6,800. By contrast, the average international student paid six times or 36000 This This doesn't include housing, right? It doesn't include housing, food, and any of the other stuff. And, um, you know, so this is going to kill a lot of the, you know, universities and colleges. I mean, I'll give you one example. There, there was one... Um, there was one university uh, in North Bay. Their tuition last year from um, inter- from domestic students was twelve million dollars, and from international students it was forty one million dollars. Right, and then it went up from twelve million the next year. This is twenty two twenty three went to fourteen million, and guess what? Their international tu- tuition skyrocketed to one hundred and thirty one million. So, you know, the, you know, I'm a believer in free market forces. Let the demand dictate the price. And, you know, because it's sort of around the fact that it's provincially regulated. And, you know, because of the tough times with the pandemic and all the things we've experienced, the provincial governments have frozen tuitions for the universities. 
and it's it's basically um, you know well, the fact that there's a differential. You know, they should have a free market right to to bring in international students. I don't if someone I qualifies. Agree. As, I and, agree and, with you. And, but you if, know, I not, refu- if I might not, if I might, because we don't have a whole lot of time. If I might, just you know, I would like to just touch on something else that was on my mind. If you were to look, I know, I know you're very familiar with, you know, especially in New York, uh, real estate here, um, and in general, the whole real estate world. What do you see as similarities, and what do you see as maybe not between Canada? Because a lot of my, I, I do know a lot of people that are living here and left Canada and here. But I also know people that went to Canada. What are the major differences? Because Canada seems like one of those great, I mean, every time I've been there, it's a great, it's great, the restaurants are great, it's got kind of a, a New York City feel, but a little bit kind of more refined. Um, what do you see as the similarities and what do you see as dissimilar, you know, with well, I think, countries. you know, I, be, I believe the real estate marketplace is a North American one. I mean, regardless of two different countries, you know, um, you know, one north of the border and one south. I mean, Canada has always been somewhat described as the 51st state right. um, of, of the United States. I don't take offense at that. We have some, you know, definitely some historical individuality that is a little bit different, but a lot of similarities on how both countries evolved. And um, real estate is pretty similar. We both have a huge uh, supply problem. And there's lots of land. I mean, both the United States and Canada is fortunate to have so much uh, land available. Why the heck can it get, you know, um, put into the system and get developed quickly to provide, you know, affordable housing, which is a challenge everywhere. I mean, we've got similar things like you have in New York and Toronto. I mean, let me just tell you, I'm not sure what it's like right now in New York, but, you know, if you've got a landlord-tenant problem in in Toronto, and, you know, to get a tenant out of a a premises is virtually impossible. It takes over a year to get to the landlord-tenant board for a hearing, and we have situations that to get a, um, a tenant out basically, you know, it's, it's, it's keys for money. You must have that there. And people are demanding a hundred thousand. It's the same year. I know somebody who has no money and had to pay $40,000 to someone to just get them out. Okay. It's very hard to get anyone out. That process takes forever. Not that you want to throw somebody out overnight, uh, but it's unfair to the landlord uh, you, the the foreclosure, and now I just read something. I don't know if it's the same in Canada, but I just read because during the pandemic, at least in the U.S., they forgave everyone. Like it didn't matter if you were making twenty million dollars or if you made a dollar. They said, okay, if you don't pay the mortgage, if you don't pay this, if you don't pay your student loans, it's okay. We're waiving them for. We're not waiving them. But we're just gonna put them off until this pandemic's over. Now the pandemic is over, and I'm reading that nobody's paying their student loans back, that people nope. who didn't, people who might even be able to afford it, but didn't pay, are not paying the bank their mortgage payments, and the banks don't want houses back. That's the last thing they do want, and people are just not paying. 
Is that a situation you feel at finding in Canada? Absolutely. Absolutely. And and the banks, you know, we don't have as many banks as in the U.S. There's me, there's primarily five charter banks in, in Canada and then some small savings and loans and, you know, community, um, uh, you know, trust companies. And, yeah, they don't want to be stuck with all these houses. Um, and so it's a bottleneck. I, you know, it's and I mean, the only good news we had this week is the Bank of Canada uh, did not raise the interest rate again. It's the fourth time they they generally every six weeks they post wow. the rate, even though even so it's five percent. Even though inflation went up slightly, you know the goal for the Bank of Canada, which is probably similar with the Federal Reserve, is to keep inflation at around two percent. Same, you know, right. which is sort of it's yeah, it's sort of hard because the governments are running such deficits and debts that a lot of the inflation is because of the trillions of dollars that the U.S. and Canadian governments have, um, you know, Spence. sort Spence. of, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, so it, it's, it's, a, it's a vicious circle. Um, you know, there's an interesting, you know, the, one of the latest real estate stories, which is interesting, um, is that uh, BlackRock bought Tricon, which is a Canadian company that owns hundreds of thousands of houses in the U.S. for $3.8 billion last week. Um, and I guess they're going to merge it into, you know, their big, uh, their big fund, which is sort of good news. I mean, you know, the more investment money that gets into the housing sector, the better it's going to be, hopefully, to free, free, free loose some of the problems like supply and, 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 and all these kinds of things. And it's only going to be better. But, you know, to put a cat, if there's hundreds of thousands of international qualified smart students who want to study in Canada and pay $40,000 versus $10,000 in tuition a year, why should we restrict that? Why? It's, it's, it's like restraint of trade. Why well, would why, we do that? Why would you? I mean, what, what's the thing? Is it, do they give you any rationale for that in Canada? Well, the only, the only rationale is, you know, the buzzes. Everyone's, saying that all these international students, of course, if you're able to pay six times tuition as an international student, you obviously have ways and means and money to, you know, also get into the housing market, whether it's rental or buying, you know, from family money, whether it's from Hong Kong or India or Pakistan or wherever the heck they're coming from. And they're saying, you know, this is competing with the local people who can't you know, buy or rent places. And to some extent, yes, that's, but the solution isn't to restrict, you know, the youngest and the brightest who want to make their way and, and possibly a life in, in this country. How else will this country grow and prosper? Well, you know, I'm not glad to see this, but I, I think it goes to show that every country has its host of problems. And sometimes I just can't watch the news anymore because, Oh, there's so much going on, and no one seems to agree on anything. And I think it's time for, at least in the U.S., I mean, if anyone's listening to me from any of is that everyone steps back and stops getting, you know, people get stuck in their position, and everything in life is a compromise. You know, if you're in a relationship, it's a compromise. If you're in a job, it's a compromise. And it doesn't seem like anybody wants to compromise anymore. It seems like people get stuck in a position, and whether it's right or wrong, 
they don't even listen. I mean, they just get stuck there. And I think that I remember a world where there was a compromise, where people said, hey, we're going to negotiate this, and I'm not going to get all of I want, and you're not, Steve, going to get everything you want, but we're going to try to work together and put something together that we both can live with. I don't see that happening right now in the U.S. as much as I think it should. How is that in Canada? Same kind of thing. I mean, you talk about what the federal government just came out with. Think about this. The provincial government a couple months ago in the late fall in Quebec came up with a a similar draconian rule that if you or I had our kid go to McGill in Montreal or whatever, the tuition would be 9000 more if they're not French or Francophone and they have to learn French. And, you know, we have a bite, you know, Bicultural, yes, you do. If if those of you listening don't have not been to Canada, half of it speaks English and half of Canada speaks French, so it's a two language country. Well, it's uh, it's look, no, there's language laws in the U.S. and you know if you opened uh, a company in um, Quebec, you know there's sign laws, language laws, so you're you know you you got to change to adapt to. French language, which is fine. That's their cultural background. No problem there. But half the country doesn't speak French. It's, it's you know, French is, is the primary language in Quebec. And I would say it may not even be 25% wow. of the country. The country is functionally bilingual. Western Canada, from Winnipeg to Vancouver, there's absolutely no way that it's it's not even five percent are bilingual so you know it's not that's that's the reality very positive because i love canada i love and for those of us who are in the metropolitan area you could drive there if you want to uh it's an easy drive i've done it and it's 10 hour drive from toronto yeah i've done it also tell us some of the wonderful places and things you can do in canada because i really feel for those of us who want to start traveling again and maybe you don't want to take a plane after I've heard the nose fell off of one, uh, this happened, I mean, it's, it's a little scary. Uh, and you want to take a nice drive for a lot, which I've done many a day to Canada. Where are some of the things that they might want to see and some of the highlights of Canada? Because I love Canada. Maybe you want to tell well, us in that. Well, in, in, in the better weather, um, you know, Niagara on the lake, which is just across from the you know the 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 uh, you know Niagara Falls is worth seeing of course but Niagara on the Lake is sort of Ontario's wine country some beautiful vineyards are there some excellent you know uh, you know wines are are produced and grown and produced there you know Toronto is multicultural it's similar you know we probably have more ethnicity than you know as much or equal or maybe more than say uh, you're going to have to come on and finish this up in another another week or so because there's so much more to say. I, and I'm going to tell my listeners, if you haven't been to Canada and the kids are off from school and you want to take a wonderful trip, and Stephen will be glad to tell you where you should go. Ab- um, absolutely. And, and Dottie, we got, the, we got the Toronto Blue Jays and the Toronto Raptors and uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, plus lots of theater, live Stephen, theater. Stephen, come here. on, soon and if you don't come to new york i'm coming to canada i'm coming to new york soon i'll see you soon Uh, soon all right we'll be back 
with Tom Drew, our financial expert, right after a quick commercial break. You're not going to want to miss him with all the interest rates they're talking about. Hey, Joe Piscopo here. If you need a Cadillac, you got to see my good friend Bill Camastro at Gold Coast Cadillac, awarded Cadillac Dealer of the Year 27 times. Bill's team is the gold standard of customer service from start to finish. It's first class all the way. Speaking of service, are you part of the Gold Club yet? Bill takes care of you, your family, your friends with the Gold Coast Cadillac Gold Club. Sign up online at goldcoastcadillac.com for service benefits that you can share with friends and family, even if they didn't buy from Gold Coast. Gold Coast is getting even bigger and better with its brand new service facility expected to be completed by early 2024. Gold Coast Cadillac in Oakhurst, New Jersey. Bill took care of me and he's going to take care of you too. Shop goldcoastcadillac.com or call Bill directly at 845-568-7336. Shop goldcoastcadillac.com or call Bill directly at 845-568-7336. Maintain muscle mass and fuel your body with Invite Health's brand new plant protein powder. Looking to stay lean and strong? This vegan plant protein powder packs a punch with 20 grams of protein per serving. Flax and chia seeds along with pumpkin and rice proteins help energize the body and fuel the muscles. Take an extra 10% off Invite's plant protein by calling 800-673-2345. That's 800-673-2345. Save even more with our new everyday low prices plus the additional 10% off Invite Health's plant protein powder. Visit invitehealth.com to check out our entire product line and call 800-673-2345 for 10% off plant protein powder today. That number again, 800-673-2345 or go to invitehealth.com. Hey, it's Joe Piscopo. I'd like to introduce you to the premier business in the investigative and security field in the United States today, Brosnan Risk Consultants. Founded by my friend Pat Brosnan, decorated, retired NYPD detective. You must be diligent in protecting the business you worked so hard to grow, family you cherish, and the lifestyle you've achieved. Luckily, there is Brosnan Risk consultants to keep your business healthy, keep your family safe, and identify the approaching rising tide of danger and loss well before it destroys what you have built. Brosnan Risk Consultants have been protecting clients for over 25 years, operational in 45 states and over 500 cities. Don't settle for second best. Brosnan is the gold standard in investigative and security services. Call now 800-590-2180 or go online to Brosnan Risk.com. B-R-O-S-N-A-N. Risk.com. Continuing with Eye on Real Estate, your premier source for real estate information. Here's the host of Eye on Real Estate, the vice chair of Douglas Elliman, Dottie Herman. We're back and time flies when you have such an interesting show, such great guests. But this is a guest I don't have to tell you about because he's been on our show for years He's a financial expert, one of the best I know, and I hear clicking in the background. So, okay, thank you. Um, Thomas Drew, who is uh, one of the best financial guys I know at Citizens Bank, and he's been on the show forever. So, Thomas, so much 
is going on with mortgage rates. And I get so many people that ask me, Dottie, should I wait? Should I buy? Should I time the market? Should I wait till they go down? So before I ask you your forecast on interest rates, which everybody's waiting to find out, but you're going to have to wait mm-hmm. for a little longer. Uh, I talked a little about in the beginning of the show, and so I might want to just have you just recap this. Um, you know, when you're thinking about how much you can fo- afford, and the, the formula is your monthly payments, like your income times your debt to income ratios, taxes, insurance. And I told everybody about the 2836 rule. Can you explain that a little better to people so that they kind of know that? Yeah, of course. Hey, Dottie, by the way, it's great to be back. So, um, yeah, it's it's something that the banks use to determine um, somebody's ability to repay the loan. And in layman's terms, uh, those ratios are based on gross income and the amount of debt you're going to carry every month, including your mortgage, taxes, insurance, credit cards, car loans, student loans, right? Unfortunately, all the things that we need to pay every month. Um, so in a ratio of 2836, that's 28 is what they call the front ratio. That's your housing expense, which is, would be the mortgage, taxes, and insurance. And the 36 would be all of your debt, including the mortgage. And what, what does that mean in reality? So I always try to use um, just numbers that are easy to work with, right? So everyone I talk about, hey, let's just use $10,000 a month as your gross income. You may be more, you may be less, but the numbers seem to make a lot of sense at 10000 28, that front ratio, is 28% of the gross. So 28% of 10000 would be $2,800, which is the amount of money you can spend on your mortgage, taxes, and insurance. And a 3600 a month would be all of the debt combined, including the mortgage. Um, so those are kind of like old school ratios that have been around forever. Uh, there are many instances where the lender would feel comfortable going higher than that. But, of course, you know, people need to eat, right? You need to, uh, right. you know, do all the other things that you do in your life. But So if you can keep your ratios in line with that, you're, you're probably not going to feel house poor, right, okay. which some people, unfortunately, get themselves into. My next question, I have questions for you because I think most people think, a lot of people think, I don't want to say most, but I... If they see a mortgage rate, regardless of the bank that's posted, this is our interest rate, or not our mortgage rate, our interest rate, they assume that rate applies to everyone. And I know that that rate only applies to people who have perfect credit. So would it be an unfair statement to say the better your credit is, the better interest rate you'll get? Because if your credit's not as good, or then you whatever they post is not the interest rate they're going to give you. Is that... Fairly, I don't know if I said that correctly. Yes, but you did. You said, I mean, I guess I could say it in a different say way. Say it better. Uh, okay. Higher, yeah. Score the closer you're going to get to that posted rate, right? So, um, and typically the banks are using FICO scores uh, somewhere between 740 and 760 on those posted interest rates that you see on the internet. So, if your credit is not at that level, let's say it's below 740, um, you should expect a higher interest rate than, than what's posted on the internet for that particular lender. Uh, but assume your credit rate is in that range. Let's say it's 740, 740, 50, whatever. What are some of the things that somebody can do uh, prior to buying a purchase a home 
to try to get to avail themselves of the best interest rates because I really believe people look at those interest rates and they think that's the interest rate. So if I wanted to, say, avail myself of the best interest rate that I could possibly get, what are the things that I would do before I apply for a mortgage? Yeah, this is always a, a, a great question because I was just having this conversation with my son who's uh, about to turn 25. and Wow. You know, this is, yeah, you, my oldest you don't, son. You don't look old enough to have a 25-year-old son. <laughs> yeah, he, uh, I'm always moving. It keeps me young. But so he's, uh, he's asking questions, which is always good. And uh, he's not asking his friends who don't know. He's asking dad. So I'm, I'm kind of happy about that. That's good. But, uh, yeah, that is a good thing. So I said, he, his name's Alex. So he's like, Dad, well, how do I get my credit score as high as possible? Simple question, but probably the most important one, you know, in, in this process. So basically what I'd say, the good news is everyone can look at their own credit report, right? Um, you can pull it yourself and you can see what your score is and, at any given point in time. Now, that's what it is. A credit score is just a snapshot in time of all of your the debts that you owe whether that's on a credit card, a car loan, a student loan, right? So all those things are going to show up on the credit report. Now, one of the things that has the biggest impact to your credit score uh, is the amount of money you owe versus, say, the credit line that you have. So perfect example is a credit card. Uh, I always like to use the number 10,000. You'll probably hear me say it again. At 10,000 is your limit, right, on a credit card. As the balance on your credit card goes above 30% 30% or say $3,000 at any given time, it starts to lower your credit score. It's basically the FICO model is looking at that saying, hey, you know what, you're starting to push your credit utilization higher and higher. And it's a little more of a risk based on all of the data that they've, you know, looked at over countless uh, customers over, you know, many, 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 many years. So, I say, hey, look, well, get your get your balance below thirty percent, and the f- and the further below thirty percent you go, the higher your credit score will be when the next time your credit is pulled, and that's with with pretty much everything. Obviously, pay your pay your bills on time. If you're late, that'll be extremely damaging to your. To so your credit make score. sure that you pay bills on time. However, if you can, should you try to? Um if you could, like, let's say you have a car payment. If you can and you can afford to, should you try to pay off some of your debts? Yeah, so uh, an installment loan, it's a good question, an installment loan, which is where you, know, you take out a loan and you're making the same payment every month and it pays it down to zero over time, is not necessarily a negative um, as long as you pay it on time, right? That's the key there. Um, it really has to do with... Um, lines of credit that you have out there where you have the potential to to use all or most of it um, in your daily life, right? That's where you can have a serious impact on your credit score if you're not responsible with using that, right? It's And I tell everybody, look, you know, look at every card you have, and if there's a card you have that has a very low limit, be very careful about using that before you're going to have your credit pulled um, for, for to try to get your score to buy a house. So small credit limits, um, you can run those up very quickly. Um, if it's a, if it's a, um, 
you know, large so would limits, you say you don't you, don't use them if you if you have like a, a small credit, like if you only have a small line of credits, would you not use that? Use something that has a better line of credit. Correct. Yes, use something that has a larger limit if you need to make a purchase and you know it's not going to be paid off immediately. Um, and typically, like store credit cards have very low limits uh, in general, uh, five hundred, a thousand dollars. Right? You could walk into, you know, a Macy's or Bloomingdale's and and max that out in no, you know, in no time. And that's a potential um, painful credit line on your credit report. So I tell people, look, just the more you understand, the more you kind of figure out what's the best move. Cause sometimes look, you have no choice. You have to buy things on credit, whatever reason, maybe, you know, the money's not available immediately, but it will be soon. So let's just be prudent as to how you use the credit that you have. Um, and obviously, the length of time that you have credit open is a key factor, too, in your credit report. Um, and as, you know, just as time goes on and you're using that credit responsibly, your score will go higher and higher and higher. So I've seen a few people um, that have a credit score is very close to 850, which is the highest you can possibly get. But I've never seen a credit report that pulls exactly at 850. So, you know, it's. That would be perfection, but you don't need to be perfect to have great credit. Just close to. So let me ask you now. This is the question everybody's asking. Everybody's asking this question. I'm sure they're asking you. Uh, and before you know, you go. I want us to get your website and how they reach you, and we'll do that in a little bit. Okay. Everyone's saying, "Well, interest rates they say are coming down. They've come down. What are they now? They're about." Yeah, so the, the great news is there's a six in front of it. Um, yes. I'd say on, as of Friday, they were six seven five, six point six two five. Yeah, in that in that range for somebody with good credit. I mean, listen, Dottie, in October they hit in the eights. They were like eight point three seven five. I know. So they've come down a tremendous amount in in a fairly short period of time. So that's really good news for individuals that are out there trying to buy a house right now. They've come down a lot. Okay. However, when people are reading. They're reading that they're going to come down more. So people say, well, should I wait or should I do it now or what's your advice? So what? after the break, we're going to talk about where the credit, where interest rates look like they're going and what should you do? Should you wait on the sidelines? Should you buy now? Um, we'll be back with Thomas Drew talking about the future of interest rates, what to expect in 24, which is what we all want to do. We Want to know what's going on in 2024? We'll be right back with Thomas Drew right after this break. Hi, folks, it's Arthur Idala of the Power Hour. Every night here on AM 970 at 6 p.m., we try to bring you a lot of fun, a lot of energy, with a lot of facts, a lot of inside scoop from the courtroom and from the streets of the city of New York with our special guests and our regular co-hosts, Sambolino, Joni, Alex, and whoever happens to be walking around the office. Tune in weeknights at 6 p.m.
Hi, it's Arthur Idala. It's a new year and time for new resolutions. I'm sure you've already made yours going to the gym, spending more time with family. You know how it goes. But is there someone in your life that should really make a resolution for an upgrade to a new career? Why not tell them about court reporting? It's a career with tremendous opportunity and flexibility. They can work in courts. They can work in schools. They can even work from home. They work as much or as little as they want, and their earning potential is fantastic. The National Court Reporters Association says there are 5,000 openings for court reporters and not enough reporters to fill them. The NCRA is offering this free program called A to Z, where participants are introduced to stenography and court reporting, and sessions are being hosted right here in New York City. Plaza College in Forest Hills, Queens, is the only school in the city with a court reporting program. So sign up today by emailing info at plazacollege.edu. That's info at plaza, P-L-A-Z-A, college.edu. This is Dennis Prager. I am excited to announce the all-new PragerTopia Plus. You can listen to my show whenever it's convenient for you, all commercial-free and all on demand. Now with Prager Plus, search topics, guests, and segments all the way back to 2010. And now a truly exciting new benefit, my monthly online video get-together for PragerTopia Plus members only. This is where for an hour each month, PragerTopia Plus members get an exclusive chance to ask me anything. That's right, anything. It's on video. I'll be talking to you and answering your questions. We may even have a special guest every now and then. I've never done this. Submit your questions for me at PragerTopia.com. This is only available to PragerTopia Plus members. This is our chance to connect like never before. Go to PragerTopia.com or click the banner at DennisPrager.com. As a local business owner, you get called every week by marketing companies. We get it. We have hundreds of satisfied customers. Here's what a satisfied client recently said. Open enrollment is going great. We're hitting record numbers. Thank you so much for this report. It really is amazing to see how the marketing is really shaping our enrollment around the city. If you're a local business and ready for the next step, Google Salem Surround New York right now. Our experts are ready to help you take your marketing to the next level. Google Salem Surround New York today. Continuing with Eye on Real Estate, your premier source for real estate information. Here's the host of Eye on Real Estate, the vice chair of Douglas Elliman, Dottie Herman. We're back with Thomas Drew. One of the top financial guys at Citizens and a friend of the show, a friend of mine. Okay, and I think he's the best. So, Thomas, I've been reading, I I mean, I'm just reading this right out loud to you. It says, mortgage rate forecast, experts say rates could fall below 6% this year. The housing market is already off to a better start in 24. And it says the silver lining, according to experts, is the mortgage rates reaching 6% or lower by the end of the year. What do you have to say? Yeah, so I think, I think there's a, you know, I, the experts will, you know, have their opinions just, on things. And I guess right. I will, and I will no too. there's no guarantee. So yes. What's your opinion? Let me ask There's you no guarantee. One. Yeah. So I guess uh, here's what I see. It's all data dependent, right? If inflation continues to moderate and, you know, the economy does okay, you know, the Fed can start to cut rates uh, gradually, right? I don't see them rushing to cut rates. I think they'll, they'll do it 
um, carefully and sort of see what happens after each cut to make sure they're not um, creating an inflationary environment. But that's the hope, right, that we get to um, closer to 6% gradually through the course of the year. Um, and I can tell you this, as rates do that, what's going to happen, right? What are people going to decide to do? They're going to decide, okay, now is the time, right? We're going right. to, let's go buy a house. We need to do that. So why, in my opinion, why wait till everybody else decides at the same time that this is what they're going to do? I think it makes more sense when there's a little bit less competition in the market right now to go do that, to go find a house that fits your needs. And the good news is mortgages could always be refinanced, right? Um, but if you get yourself back into a situation where, you know, there's double the amount of people looking for homes, you may, in fact, pay more for that house, right? Um, and Or you may not be able to get the house you want because the prices have come up so much. Well, so that's... You're echoing my words. You're echoing my words because my opinion was the same thing. Because so many people say, should I wait? I'm like, no. First of all, if the rates go to that amount, there'll be so much more competition. Okay? And then you'll end up bidding higher probably on a a home. And uh, my feeling is they're not that high now. And you can always refinance. But there's less competition. I believe if you wait to the spring, you're going to be really flooded with a lot of competition. competition i think right now is a great time to buy it's the perfect time because you know you're you're probably a month or two before the spring market really takes off and you know the rates are reasonable they're 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 good and look on any given day rates you know move up and down and i tell people look it's you can't day trade mortgage rates but you do need if you do need a home to buy right like that's the action you need to take right now. Make sure it's not it's not way over your, what you can afford. And in the future, you'll have an opportunity to lower your payment once you can once you refinance. So okay. it makes sense. And, and people just you know, like they, they freeze up because they think they have to wait till everything's perfect. Well, if you wait till everything's perfect, you're gonna never. It's you'll not, be waiting. It, it's not you'll gonna, be an old yeah. person. You'll be on ninety two years old. But, you know, I have a, when I first thought of real estate, Tom, there was a picture in the office and it had a picture of this old man, a hunched and an old woman walking. And they said, still waiting for the prices to go down. Okay. Of course, (laughs) it never ended up buying. And I never forgot that picture. But let, let, let me say this. Would you, what would be, um, in other words, if you want to refinance, what would be a good mm-hmm. number? Like, like in other words, you know, if like I, I have a mortgage with citizens actually on my apartment in the city. And everyone said, well, refinance it. And I said, well, it's at a fairly low. It's not as low. You know, it's at a fairly low mortgage rate. I'm not going to refinance for pennies. Is there kind of a, a rule of thumb that, you know, if your rate is, if you could get it for 2% less than you should, is there any kind of rule of thumb or not really? Yeah, I, and I look at it in terms of what it's going to cost to get the rate lower, right? So we'll do a calculation. If you could recoup the cost of refinancing, say, within, you know, two to three years, and you're going to be in that house for, you know, longer than that, then that's when it makes sense, right? So it's not necessarily a rate because you may have a very small mortgage, right, where even if the rate's 1% lower, but your costs 
to get that rate 1% lower are going to take five years to recoup, it may not be worth it, right? You may, you may be moving out of that house and, uh, or you know, apartment or whatever it is. So I always say, hey, look, it's based on how long it's going to take to recoup the cost to actually do it. And if that is a fairly short period of time, then it does make sense in my mind. Well, for our listeners, I'm sure a lot of you know this, but if you don't, when you refinance, there's a cost. Uh, right. So, you know, it's not free. You can't just say, oh, I want to refinance, and so fine, let's refinance, and it's not going to cost you any. It's certainly going to cost you. So you need to really sit with someone like Tom and sit and weigh out what your interest rate is now and if you refinance what that kind of cost would be, and then you can decide if it makes sense uh, because it's not free. <laughs> and I can tell no, you one thing. In New York City, the closing costs are off the, they're crazy. They're a lot. I mean, they just are. So you, 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 you want to know that. But you do want to take advantage. Uh, look, I refinanced twice, okay, uh, because when I was buying houses, I, it was 15%. Had I not bought those houses, though, at 15%, which if you're listening to this today, you would think I'm insane because nobody's ever heard of 15 percent rates now but they were 15 percent but i bought at, i bought i was 25 years old and my dad said just buy a house you collected a little money from that car accident don't go to europe buy a house and i listened to him thank goodness and i paid a very high rate because that was the interest rates then but i refinanced i refinanced and let me put it this way had i not bought that first house which eventually parlayed to a profit, which I then got a second house and a third, I would have never really entered the business. I would have never gotten, you know, in real estate. I was not in the business. Uh, my father believed in it, so I did what he said. So I just think that you, you just need to get in the game. And um, you could also, if you have some extra cash and you want to buy down a mortgage, you could do that. But I really do think that even if you buy something a little bit less than you wanted or maybe you know doesn't have every feature you want you need to get started because if you stay a renter all your life not only a rents high you don't have a thing to show for it what if you were to give listeners some of the best tips that you could give them like what would be the top tips that you would give people who are in the market to buy uh, about mortgages? Yeah, look, I, I would say, obviously, we talked about credit. is extremely important. Um, it's something you should always keep track of. But, look, I know everyone's looking at maybe, you know, the, the single-family house market or condo or co-op, right? But the first house I ever bought was a multifamily house. And I... Like the reason why I bought it was, you know, I said, hey, look, it'd be great to have somebody else help pay for my rent. Yeah, I know you have tenants and, you know, you have to deal with that. But it wasn't, I knew I wasn't going to, if I bought it, I wasn't going to live in that house forever. There was going to be a point in time in a couple of years after purchasing it that the entire house could be rented out, right? And then it could help me purchase this, a single family home, one that's just, you know, myself and my family and but that two-family house not only paid for itself, it helped pay for the next house I bought. And it was probably, you know, just advice that from different people back in the day 
that were, you know, I had this one gentleman who I worked with at the time who owned four, four family houses. And he told me, he goes, I bought one, lived in it, you know, then bought another one, you know, lived in that for certain, and he just kept going, you know, now he owned four, four family houses in Queens, which we all know is probably worth an absolute fortune. Well, God knows what they're worth now. <laughs> yeah. But that was, and I, and he said, look, I, at the end of the day, I just didn't want the mortgage to be solely dependent upon myself, right? It, you know, if there's somebody else helping to pay for it, I can at least, you know, continue to live my life and, you know, grow a family and, and do things I want to do and not be so house poor. And it seems so simple to me, but I was like, you know what? Um, I'm going to do that. I'm going to try that. And um, that was that was my first purchase. And I'd say well, it worked for most people. That's very smart. Good thing you listen to people yeah. who gave you good advice. So let me ask you if you're a first-time buyer, and I want you to give our website because I know time is running out soon before we do that. Um, so if you're a first-time buyer, should you – obviously they should all meet with you or one of your teams so that they can you know, have everything in order before they apply for a mortgage. But are there programs that maybe people should – find out about or inquire about are there special sometimes special programs for people who are first time buyers? Oh, there are plenty of them out there, Donnie. Um there are plenty of down payment assistance programs, closing cost assistance programs, right? There's a big push so, to get people into home. Tom, how do we get you? I'm gonna have you on next week again or the week after. What's your website? How do people reach you? Tom? Yeah, just my name Thomas dot Drew at citizensbank.com. That's Thomas dot Drew at citizensbank.com. And I'll be happy to help uh, our listeners with anything that they need as far as a mortgage. And by the way, if you're driving, don't write. I'll post it on the website. Tom, you've got to come back soon. Have a great weekend. Yeah. And guys, Thanks, enjoy the 50 degree weather. And we'll be back next week. The preceding hour of programming paid for by DTHY Realty Incorporated. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.